It took a carpenter to change the working of the then church. Seriously, for all available evidence, it was a carpenter that came forward and changed the explaining of scripture, the meaning of prayer, and the relating to each other. The change wasn't, they have no idea what they're doing, so let's do this instead. No, the change was, here is what God has always been saying. Let's move forward together. Was the change difficult? For some, especially those who wanted to go back to what they thought Moses would have done. Kind of like those who want to go back to an earlier time in our church's history. When God is calling us forward in faith to grow and change, stay consistent in Scripture and by His grace. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. I'm Andrew Campbell and this is Sabbath School University. I want to welcome you to another episode. Now people here at the studio have been telling me that I look particularly lively and excited today and they think that it has something to do with one of the guests who's on the show today. Um, maybe our viewers can figure out why that might be. I'm gonna invite you to tell me your name, your what you're studying, where you're from, and then since we're talking about change, um, I want you to tell me, do you find change difficult, yes or no, and why or why not? Okay. Um, Anna Lee Campbell, um, Andrew's wife, uh. and I'm studying an uh, MBA program here at Andrew's. Um, I find change, and I'm from Norway, uh, okay. by the way. I find change difficult um, because of the unknown factor. Mm -hmm. I like to plan and control and know what's coming ahead, so it takes a lot of trust, especially when God asks me to change, uh, and I don't know what that's going to mean. Mm. So it's a little hard for me. My name is Tam, and I'm from Vietnam. I'm also at the MBA program. Mm. Um, I think change, lots of time, is hard for me because I have to give in something that I'm so used to, or I would call it a habit. Mm -hmm. And once it's a habit, it's really hard to let it go mm -hmm. and yeah. create a new one. Yeah. Hi, uh, my name is Doreen. You can call me Miriam Nangao. And I'm also studying MBA here at Andrews University. And I'm originally from Kenya. And um, change is good and bad for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think because of my temperament, I, I desire for something new. So that's when I like change. Like, you know what? I'm mm -hmm. tired of the norm. So yeah. let me, God, start something new for me. Do a new hobby, a new habit. Yeah. At the same time, it makes me a little uncomfortable, like they said, where it's unfamiliar and it's not, it's outside my comfort zone. So that's where I find it difficult. Ah, mm -hmm. a, a mix of good and bad. Yes. That's, that's, I, I think I would, I would concur. Yeah. Um, before we get into the lesson, Tam, I'm going to invite you to read the key text. And could you pray for us in Vietnamese? Yeah, sure. Okay, so key text of our study today from James 4, 6 and 7. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. 
Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's bow our head for prayer. Thưa cha trên trời, con xin cha hãy xuống đây với chúng con ngày hôm nay trong buổi học này, giúp chúng con mở rộng tầm nhìn về người và cũng như giúp chúng con hiểu biết thêm như thế nào là một sự thay đổi tốt, một sự thay đổi có thể giúp chúng con đến với nước thiên đàng của người. Con xin cảm ơn tất cả những ân huệ mà người đã ban xuống cho chúng con và con xin mời người xuống đây với chúng con buổi học ngày hôm nay giúp chúng con nhìn thấy được tri thức mà người muốn chúng con có. Nhân danh Chúa Giêsu. Amen. Amen. Now, for for one year, I had a roommate who was from Vietnam and I'm going to be honest, I didn't understand anything except the very last part, you know, amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> we're talking about the willingness to grow and change in light of, you know, revival and reformation, particularly reformation at this point in in the quarter. Um, and this week we're studying a couple of key figures in in the New Testament, mm-hmm. um, some of the disciples and so forth. Um, The first question is, how would you feel if you were Peter and you had just denied your Lord? I mean, for me, at first, I would feel really ashamed of myself Mm -hmm. because right before that, I just declare my love Mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. I just say, I love you so much, I would never do this to you. And boom, I just did that. So, yes, very guilty. But then, I think, after that, I would recognize that God is powerful because he predict that of mm-hmm. me and maybe my faith mm-hmm. is not strong enough and it mm-hmm. maybe help me to you know know what's wrong in the relationship yeah and grow more yeah yeah I, I think I agree with you um I, I would feel very humbled too where um, I guess I'd begin to question like why did I not listen to him and why Mm. did I feel as if I knew I was very confident in myself and I said you know what God I'm not going to deny you Mm. and I said it Mm. you know very strongly and to do the exact thing he said I wouldn't do Mm. it's a it's it's a very 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 humbling thing yeah Mm. I think that's why he cried bitterly like it says it's that painful for him to realize that he had just um yeah promised to be with him with Jesus, no matter what, even if all others would fail, mm. I will stand. And then he yeah. denied him three times. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, you know, Luke in, in chapter 22, he, he talks about the betrayal scene and he, he adds a detail. Mm. He says that Jesus actually looked at Peter at that moment when he was denying him for the third time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he, he turned and he looked at Peter. And then Luke says, and then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. And, and then he went out and he wept bitterly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine that scene, you know, Jesus looking. What, what do you imagine that look on Jesus' face must have been like? Do you think it was like a look of condemnation, like I told you so? Or what, what, do, you, what do you imagine? I think it was a look of disappointment and um, and just hurt. I mean, I think, I think it hurt mm-hmm. Jesus a lot. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he, he had this um, 
I told you so kind of look. I think there was forgiveness in, in his look as mm. well. Mm. Um, or like love, like he still loved Peter, but he was disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do agree with you. I think it's a look of grace. It's just, mm. it's okay. I know this gonna happen. It's okay. You can go and repent on this. Wow. You can go and, you know, this happens. I think that's, that's what it means. Wow. Um, I don't, to me, I think God would be sad or mm -hmm. disappointed mm -hmm. um, and ask, probably look at, at Peter, maybe I'm thinking of it to myself, how God mm -hmm. would look at me. Why do you put so much trust in yourself mm -hmm. to say that I'm God, I'm not going to deny you? You know, mm -hmm. it's not you, it's me that is in you, mm -hmm. going back to the lesson. Wow. Mm -hmm. And wonder, it's not you. Yeah. It's only me, so. Now, this was a, this is a very significant moment for, for Peter in his life, because this led to a lot of the changes that he made, that you, you see a different Peter mm -hmm. in Acts from the Peter that you've seen up until this point. Mm -hmm. Um. You, you have some other key figures that go through changes. What similar qualities did Peter, James, John, the prodigal, and the man by the pool of Bethesda all have that led to changes in their lives? I um, think they all had um, flaws, definitely. Um, Peter, it's obvious, we just talked about. Uh, James and John, they were, um, I call, call us sons of thunder. Um, they had a temperament, and uh, and Jesus had to rebuke them a couple of times, um, and they all, yeah, they all have flaws, and they also had a willingness to change, and I think mm -hmm. that's what made the difference mm -hmm. in their lives. The prodigal son, he realized, um, I can come back and have it better at home, and uh, and also the man by the pool of Bethesda wanted a change in his life, and I think without that desire to change, I don't think much would have happened. Yeah. Um, in any of them. Yeah, there was a, a need for God in their lives. Like, um, Peter had denied God. He was remorseful at that point. Yeah. James and John got God, can you put me on your right side when he comes and the mother comes, you know? That was probably a pride issue or they wanted position. And mm -hmm. the prodigal son had left and he was remorseful. He even said, God, I will not God my, my father. Um, I, I don't even deserve to be your son. Mm. And the man in, Beth in Bethesda had been there for 38 years, I believe it was, yeah. on the pool side. So um, there was a deep need for God in their lives, and I believe that's when we change, where we realize there's something missing, you mm. know. And um, speaking, you know, with the lesson with the reformation, because I'm personally going through my reformation stage right now, mm. and it's not that I didn't know God before, as the lesson said, but these people... Well, Peter, James, John, and he probably even the prodigal son at one point had a relationship with God, but they maybe strayed away and they came back mm -hmm. and they felt an emptiness and a void. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's time for me to change my life. And I, I think that's what they all had in common. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, do you, in, in your own personal life, do you see connections between what we're looking at here with, with these figures and, and, you know, the process of change that they're going through? Do you see any personal connections? Well, what I see here is, let's just look into the case of the man by the pool. He'd been waiting there, and he believed that water can heal him. Mm. But he believes in the wrong thing. Mm. And mm. sometimes we believe in the wrong thing, but we didn't figure it out until mm. God or his people come and tell us this, like, 
you are wrong. This is not what you should believe in. Me, who you should believe in. And I think that is like the moment of change when they recognize, oh yes, what I've been doing is wrong. What I believe is wrong. And that's why he, you know, God say, walk up, take your mat, walk up. Mm-hmm. And he did. Even though there's no water that he believed can heal him, has touched him yet. But yeah. he still do it because strong faith. And I think that happens in my life before. Because before I become a Christian, I was like, at first, I was like, what is all of this idea about Christian Mary and, you know, Jesus, who has the power to change us? Mm-hmm. And then just one moment is strike. You know, when hardship comes, it's like, who I can rely on right now? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have to make that commitment, like, I'm going to change. I have someone I believe in. And that's when things start to change. Yeah. Now, we we've heard about you know the verse in Philippians that says work out your salvation, mm-hmm. your own salvation. What does it mean to work out your own salvation? Um, I I'm gonna quote my my one of my favorite authors. Um, his name is Oswald Oswald Chambers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really deep, and he says um, we have to work out out what we have to work out what God works in us, mm-hmm. not work to accomplish or even earn our salvation. And I think a lot of the times Mm. when you read that verse, we think, oh, there's something for me to do. And sometimes there is something for us to do, and that's to make make choices, make decisions to serve God. And um, the thing about salvation that I'm discovering, which is so beautiful, I think it's simple, but the execution in us is, is what's hard, and that's when we try to do it by ourselves. Okay. And that's not even our duty. Our job mm-hmm. is to choose God. And in, in, in our everyday decisions, when God tells us, do this, do that, listen to it, that's the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. guiding us. And God will do the rest. God will make that change in us, and He will um, he, he will work in us. And um, I always, actually my favorite verse is Philippians 1.6. Okay. He who began a good work in you will complete it. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. God's job, to complete it. All we have to do is to choose Him and to follow Him and obey the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, cooperation is uh, a key word here, that God does the, the work. He begins it in us. Mm-hmm. Then if we never cooperate with Him, mm-hmm. it's not going to um, amount to much. But I mean... It's very important to remember that he'll never force us exactly. you know, mm-hmm. to to change. He's not gonna um, make us do anything against us against our will. And that's the beauty of God that He gave us free will because without mm-hmm. it, we can't really have real love. So, and He does you know, give us options. Then our our job is to choose God, mm-hmm. like you said. Like, yeah. yeah. Even when I was reading the lesson, um, I think many times a lot of us are like. God, I don't want this habit. Take it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the same time, what are we are we putting in ourselves in our environment that um, makes it easier for us to fall in that habit? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of times because sometimes I'm like, God, I'm struggling with this for so long. Please take it away. And God's like, Miriam, are you making decisions to better yourself? Are you? What choices are you making okay. for this habit for, for this to get better? And God, mm. like you said, God never forces us. And if we say, God, take it away, that is being forceful because you mm. didn't choose to, 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 to make that change in your life. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'm learning every day. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the, one of the things that, one, one of the problems that we can run into when we're trying to understand a verse like this 
is thinking that salvation means going to heaven. Mm. Because for Paul, salvation includes going to heaven, but it's much more than, than just that. Mm. For, mm. for Paul, salvation that is primarily access to God. Mm -hmm. Because you, you remember sin has separated us from God. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so now salvation is kind of the restoration of that relationship. And the ability to have access to God is something that is not just at the end of time. It's something that you can have right now. Sanctification. Yeah. It's happening now. And, and, and so for Paul, you know, all of this whole change that comes, you know, within your own lifetime here on earth, this is salvation. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. and, and so Paul is saying, when, when he says, you know, work out your own, your own salvation, he's not saying do this in order to get to heaven or, or work harder so that you can get to right. heaven. Because if you, in, if you read salvation as going to heaven, then of course you're, you're going to have problems with, with that. Mm -hmm. But if you understand that salvation is something that God is doing right now, mm -hmm. he, Paul wants you to understand that, that sin is not just something that you can enjoy. Sin is, sin is destructive. Yes. And that God does not want you to be destroyed, not in this mm -hmm. life, nor, nor in the next. You, mm -hmm. you know, right. God, God wants the best for you, and mm -hmm. so He wants to save you right now from, from those sinful tendencies that are destroying you. Mm -hmm. and, and so He wants to change you even right now. Mm -hmm. and, and so, it, yeah, there, there is this element of cooperation and, and so forth, but ultimately it's, it's all God that um, is doing this entire work in us. Um, what role does grace play in change in our lives? I think grace is the motivating factor uh, in change. Uh, if it starts with grace, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. Um, change is a lot easier. If it flows out of your uh, heart as grateful for salvation, you realize mm -hmm. what Jesus has done for you and how much he loves you and you want to give love back um, if it's from that um, motivation and it's a lot easier than if you feel like the fear of oh I need to do this and this and that in order to be saved mm -hmm. then you might still you know do good things but you don't have it um, coming out of a loving heart it's more like a fearful heart yeah. mm -hmm. and in the end it's gonna be hard to keep it up yeah. when you don't are you're not motivated by by Jesus love so I think that's where grace comes in first yeah. and changes us and then we uh, walk with Jesus the rest of our lives, mm -hmm. you know, trying to, to please Him and to glorify Him. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's like you said, love from Jesus, is the f it has to be the first thing that helps us to change if we want like a, a long-term change, I would call it, because mm -hmm. Just go back to our daily life. If you were forced to change something, you would hate it so bad, and you would never be able to do it. But right. if it's you know, your parents or someone close to you are hurt from that, then it makes you feel like, oh, I'm doing something really bad, and you recognize it yourself, yeah. and you'll be able to 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 change it. That's right. I remember thinking when I hear you know good sermons about things that kind of talk to me, mm -hmm. and. Um, 
it's also the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and making me actually do the change. Because mm -hmm. if it just, you know, someone comes to preach to me about a thing I need to change and I don't feel, you know, any connection with God and I don't feel the Holy Spirit speaking to me on the topic, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard for me, you know, to really mm -hmm. do it. I'll say, okay, that, that's good, that works for you. Yeah. But I'm fine, I'm good with God, you know, like we're, we have peace, or I have yeah. peace with Him. But then when I feel that, you know, sting in my conscience and I know it's the Holy Spirit, that's when the change actually um, happens. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like that conviction that mm -hmm. comes in. And for me with grace, it's, um, I think what, for my, for my personal life, it was when I realized how much God lo loves me and how what I was doing hurt him so much. Mm. That's what brought the change in my life. Because what hurts God should hurt us too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that, I just surrendered and I said, God, <laughs> have your way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, there's a verse, uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering? And this is the part that I like, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Mm. Mm -hmm. And for, for Paul, this is a very important idea. You know, that it's the riches of God. It's God's goodness. Mm -hmm. It's God's grace. Yes. Um, when, especially when we do not deserve it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That when you, when you look at God and, and, you, and you're able to see all of these wonderful attributes, some, all that he has done, you know, all of these riches of mm -hmm. his goodness and grace, that's what leads to change. That's what leads to repentance. Mm -hmm. You know, and... and it's a it's a very important concept, you know. That change doesn't come from from ourselves; it comes mm -hmm. from God. Mm -hmm. Now, how can we know that despite our despite our faults, we can have assurance of salvation? Um, we ha we all have faults, and this is something that God has been working on me with. Uh, He's convicting me, and I was actually sharing this with my friends um, Friday night, where. Um, rather than focus on my imperfections, mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on God's perfection. Mm. And that's not an easy mm. thing to do because I'm the type of person who, I like taking responsibility. So yeah. if I mess up, I'm like, you know what, it's me. I won't even blame the devil and say, oh, the, you know, the devil influenced me. The like, devil no, made me do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> he can't make you do anything. You have a choice, mm -hmm. as we said. Um, so, and I think that's where I realized, yes, that's my assurance for me, where mm -hmm. I am imperfect, I have faults, I will continually fall short of God's grace, but He is perfect, and He is the one perfecting me, so I will believe in it, and I will trust it, mm -hmm. no question. Wow, yeah. Yeah, when I was, um, when I think about, you know, the, this question about assurance of salvation, uh, there's a verse that I like in, in Romans, um, Five verse eight, it says, "But God demonstrates His own love toward us, that it, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us." Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's just a beautiful um, reminder of what Jesus did before we even had accepted Him. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it just shows us that yeah, He loved us um, when we were sinners, and we still are sinners, and still yeah. loves us. And so His love is not uh, conditional on our behavior yeah. um, it's and I, I think a lot of parents can relate you know they love their their children even when they're mm -hmm. uh, misbehaving yeah. and being uh, rude or whatever they they still love them and when 
especially when they're in danger, you know, they see parents, the first thing they do is like to hug their kid and then they start scolding them for, you know, disobeying mm -hmm. and running on the street or whatever. Mm -hmm. But at first they're just like, they just want to make sure they know they're loved. Yeah. So I think yeah. God is, is the same way. Yeah, I think um, for me the assurance is that I know there's someone promised me and he's always keep that promise mm -hmm. and he already mm -hmm. you know sent here sacrifice for our sin so yeah. why don't I believe in it and you know that's yeah. a promise yeah and go ahead oh I was gonna give the example of the prodigal son himself oh, yeah. yeah sure he he had a lot of faults but his mm -hmm. father took him back mm -hmm. and of course that applies to us with with, with Christ where we we're always we'll leave him we'll go do our thing and uh, you know in the world and but God will always take us back and that's an assurance mm. for me yeah and you know on this question I would I would go as far as to say that it is precisely because of our faults that we can have assurance of salvation yes. because yes. it re remember that this is this is a very important point also for for Paul that it is in our weakness mm. that we can appreciate the the strength mm -hmm. of God mm -hmm. um, and, and he says you know not that we're going to sin in order to to make sure that right. God's grace works. abounds <laughs> right. um, but what Paul wants us to understand is that it is only when you recognize your your need weakness, right. for for God when you when you recognize your sinfulness mm. um, that the desires that you have you know let, let's say even if you're you're not actively participating in sin mm -hmm. but the attraction that that is in me that would lead me towards it anyway mm -hmm. um that is that is a brokenness that that mm -hmm. i have and and that needs to be you know healed mm -hmm. and, and that's something that that's going to happen you know when when jesus comes again um, but when you recognize that your own sinfulness, mm -hmm. then you can be assured that it is the grace of God yeah. that saves us. And then also going back to the point, you know, salvation does not necessarily equal only going to heaven. Mm -hmm. And going mm -hmm. back to, to your verse, Philippians 1 verse 6, that's the assurance right there. Right. He that began the work in us mm -hmm. will continue and he, he will carry it through to completion. And, and for me, that, that's the most powerful assurance because I, I know that God has been working in my life. I know that I'm not where He wants me to be. Mm -hmm. But the fact that He's started mm -hmm. and He's still working, Amen. I know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, what are some of the tangible ways that we can encourage others to grow and change? I think, first of all, we have to let them know it's okay to fall. It's okay to make mistakes sometimes. Mm. But the difference between winner and loser is that the winner, they recognize that what they've been doing is wrong and there has to be a change in order to make it better. Mm. The loser would be like, it's okay, I did the way I did, I don't want to change. Mm. So it's important for people to recognize that, you know, it's okay to fall, it's okay to make mistakes, but do something about it. Don't yeah. just sit there and accept it as a fact. Right. And I think the second one would be ask for help, mm. pray about it. He will send someone beside you to come and, you know, help you be able to to, yeah. to have that change happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, on that note, I really like Proverbs 24, verse 16. It says, mm -hmm. for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that really encapsulates, you know, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. That it's not the falling that, that you know, matters. Mm -hmm. It's when God picks you back up. Yeah. So right. uh, every time that we fall, we just have to continually remember to go back to God. Mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. and that he will, he will pick us up. That's a, just about all the time that we have for today. Um, I really enjoyed discussing the lesson with you. Um, it's very nice to have you on the show. If you would like to join in in the discussion, visit our Facebook page off the link on our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. For Sabbath School University, I'm Andrew Campbell, and we'll see you next week.